actually, you know, like look up actual um, information about it. And that's easy for me for easy for someone like myself to soak up and be able to relay the message. So I was trying to look up and see who um, who predicted uh, the financial crash. Uh, five people apparently came up. One of which, um, let's see, one of which is this. I think so. Yes, one of which was this guy. Once it pops up. Um, I'll share this a different day, but uh, this is uh, MMT and the crisis response to coronavirus. Yeah, as I said, I'll, I'll I will do this uh, same Monday, uh, but uh, need to do this a little bit quicker. Quicker? I'm not sure that's a word, but anyway. So anyways, deficit financing or deficit reduction financing. Uh, this is obviously, as you can see, October second of 2018. And this was obviously 10 years after the whole thing happened. And I'm thinking this was um, during Trump, I believe. Uh, anyway, so introduction, deficit financing in contemporary economics is controversial, largely because of the flawed economic approaches uh, to sovereign na uh, nations' public financing. Uh, finances, excuse me. The first is the macroeconomic approach that treats uh, government budget deficits uh, in much the same way as household deficits. In other words, the assumption that like a household a government budget deficit is the consequence of a shortfall of government tax revenues over expenditure. And, in, and this in turn is a due to a combination of excessive expenditure and low taxes. The only sound response to a rise in budget deficit and macroeconomics argue is for government to increase taxes and or cut expenditure. In Britain, the Institute of Fiscal Policies adopt, adopts this approach as do many other orthodox eco uh, economic institutes. Most politicians in Western uh, governments approach to fi uh, public finances in this simplistic way. The second flawed approach is to ignore evidence that government deficits and a rise in public debt are most often the consequence of a slump, a fall in economic activity or growth, and therefore um, of a fall in, in government revenues. In other words, the budget deficit expands as a percentage of the shrinking economy cake. Uh, GDP. Um, when the economic cake expands, the budget deficit in turn shrinks as a share of GDP. To focus on the budget deficit as opposed to the size of the cake is to view the, the economy as if through the wrong end of a telescope. In 2010 and then in 2016, Professor Victor Victoria Chick I'm not sure that's how you pronounce it, but that's how I'm going to do it. Uh, Dr. Geoff uh, uh, Tilly and the current author published uh, evidence covering a century of UK data that contradicted the, the possibility of improving the government's fiscal position by cutting expenditures. The data and analysis is contained in our publication in this publication, The Economic Consequences of Mr. Osborne 2010 and revised in 2016. The period before the Second World War provides exa examples of genuine fiscal consolidation that is exposed, uh, exposed excuse me, episodes when UK government sp spending actually fell in money terms. 
These periods are uh, contrasted with uh, fiscal expansions and spending figures are shown alongside outcomes for the ratio of government debt to GDP, interest rates, unemployment to GDP, and prices. Outcomes for the public finances from, the, from this evidence are almost entirely contrary to the, today's conventional wisdom derived from macroeconomic or microeconomics, thinking sustained fiscal consolidation increases. Rather than reduced and reduces, rather than reduces the public uh, debt ratio, and as in, uh, as in, yeah, as in uh, general, associated with adverse macroeconomic conditions, the analysis was extended to the post-war era in which government exp uh, expenditure uh, never actually falls, but the pattern is sustained when expenditure rises comparatively rapidly the debt ratio falls and the economic prospers and when it levels off the debt ratio worsens and macroeconomic indicators are less favorable the analysis points to a fundamental error in contemporary discussions uh, it is not possible to assess the stance of fiscal policy from estimates of the public sector deficit Keynes macroeconomics and the empirical evidence discussed in this paper indicated that an exp expansionary fiscal policy will, will lead to growth in activity and employment, so that with spare capacity, high government expansions reduce the deficit. Now, here's the part that I wanted to kind of look more into, obviously. Deficits don't matter. Another approach adopted most, mostly by monetary theorists, like maybe I include myself in that, so I'm learning it, asserts that perpetual government budget deficits are both necessary and unproblematic. Government spending, uh, government spending budget deficits are both necessary, okay. Government spending, it is argued, can be financed almost ad infinitum, uh, infinitum uh, by a central bank that has the exclusive power to print or create uh, fiat currency, a uh, legal tender whose value is backed by the government that issued it. Central to MMT theory is the accounting identity. Domestic, uh, domestic, private surplus equals government uh, government deficit. For every surplus, it is argued there is there has to be a deficit. For every deficit, there has to be a surplus. Right now, we're in surplus according to lack of government spending. As a matter of accounting between the sectors, a government budget deficit adds no net deficit adds net financial assets added to a non-government savings, such as people at home, uh, not to be confused with banks and other things of that nature, uh, available to the private sector, and the budget surplus has the opposite effect. In aggregate, there can be no net savings of financial assets of the non-government sector without cumulative government deficit spending. Budget deficits are just a mirror image of non-government savings. This accounting-based mythology uh, is pr uh, premised on the acceptance that cuts in government spending are synonymous with a budget re a deficit reduction. If the government runs a balanced budget, spends $100 and taxes $100 and private accumulation of fiat currency savings is zero in that period and the private budget is also balanced. Say the government spends 120 and taxes remain at 100 and then private, private savings is $20, which can accumulate its financial assets. 
uh, as a financial asset. In the first instance, they would be sitting as a $20 bank deposit have been created by the government to cover its additional expenses. The government fund deficits of 20 is exactly the private savings of 20. But the assumption here is that if government cuts spending to 80 and taxes remain at 100, then the private sector deficit must increase to 20 to maintain the account balance. Deficit spending and deficit financing are vital. MMTRs argue if the net savings in the non-government sector are to be maintained to ensure the private sector remains in surplus, MMTRs conclude that the government must not cut spending to reduce its deficit. In this respect, MMT theorists share the orthodox economy, uh, economic analysis that cuts in spending reduces the government's deficit. The commitment to maintain a government deficit also echoes the famous remark made by Vice President Dick Cheney, of all people. Um, Reagan taught us that deficits don't matter. There you go. Our evidence in the economic consequences of Mr. Osborne contradicts both the microeconomic approach and the MMT approach. We make no appeal to disregard high public debt. Instead, we show that show that the con, uh, the attempt to lower the debt ratio by cutting spending has always been counterproductive. We appeal instead for a for a public that might policy policy that might be successful in reducing it. The empirical evidence uh, runs exactly counter to both conventional and MMT thinking. Fiscal consolidations have not improved the public finances. This is true of all the episodes we examined, except for the consolidation after World War II, where action was taken to bolster private demand in parallel to public uh, retrenchment. In Britain's post-war era, the authorities focused on employment and economic expansion to reduce the debt, which is probably what, they, which is what, what, the, what the Fed is supposed to do. The, the approach was completely successful. Within only two years, the debt was on downward trajectory and the wartime production and employment gains were preserved and extended through the 70s. After World War II, government expand, expenditure had uh, effectively doubled as a share of the economy, the economy related to the 1920s. Um, from Keynes' macroeconomic perspective, the public sector finances are not analogs uh, to household finances. Uh, no, okay. Uh, finances. A household can reduce its deficit by reducing its spending, but the public sector is too important for that. What happens to its deficit spending on the reaction of the, uh, the economy as a whole Keynes turns Say's law on its head. For a, for a proposition that supply creates its own demand, I shall substitute the, the proposition that expenditure creates its own income. The same diff. Given spare capacity, public expenditures not only are productive in the, their own right, but all, also foster additional activity in the private sector. According to the Multiplier increased production means increased incomes, which from the point of view of government means higher tax revenues and lower, well, uh, lower welfare and later debt interest. Expenditures. Keynes even went on uh, went as far as claiming, uh, in quotes, look after the unemployment and the budget will look after itself. Exactly. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, conversely, reducing expenditures Oh, my bad. Uh, wait a minute. 
Okay, yeah. Um, the the actual outcome for public sector finances uh, depends on the value of the multiplier of rates of taxation and benefit expenditure. Uh, through the results discussed above, indicate that he has not far he was not far from the mark, especially looking at matters as share of GDP. Well, it doesn't sound like they actually, since tax breaks are a tax expenditure to the IRS, more of that has been going out than spending in social uh, programs. So, so more has been going to where it doesn't get spent, out, it doesn't get taxed or get spent out of the economy or spent into the economy so they can be taxed by state or capital, whatever else the case may be. So this is true, except for the fact that has been more tax expenditures based on what the rich have been getting in return uh, in, regards to, uh, in regards to tax breaks. Let's see, mainstream economic theory and deficit financing. Uh, I'll do this last thing. Uh, government budget deficits argue orthodox economists in a similar vein to MMT. Crowd out the private sector according to the dominant narrative. If governments increase taxes to reduce the deficit, this will reduce the discretionary spending of the private sector. The problem with this narrative is that it ignores the context in which taxes are increased. If the economy is at full capacity and inflation threatens, Increasing taxes may be necessary to cool activity and restore price stability. If taxes are increased in a slump, the impact will be further contra contraction of private discretionary spending and economic activity deepening the slump, which is what's going on now. Second, if instead the government borrows, so the government, so the argument goes, they will do so from private sector investors. This will curtail the amount private investors have available to fund private investment. The latter argument ignores a the vital role that sovereign debt plays in meeting private sector demands for safety safety by providing the uh, wider monetary system with safe collateral collateral land. B the fact that. Governments can both borrow from their own bank, the central bank, and central bank intervention in the bond market can help lower the yield on government debt, which is basically what they were doing the first bit by buying bonds. Uh, a direct consequence of the economic narrative that public spending crowds out the private sector is the assumption that governments cannot afford to create unemployment for the young people cannot afford to build houses uh, for the poor to build a well, uh, health ser uh, service free at the point of use or to build schools and expand the capacity of an educated workforce, nor regulate markets, it, it, it is asserted, can finance such outsource services and restore competitiveness and prosperity. I'm going to leave it there. Uh, see if you like what you see here whatever uh please support whatever platform that i'm on uh, this will be on rumble as all my uh recordings will be from now on in regards to video um however this will also might be an audio and it will probably be on my anchor.fm slash just calvin i talk about whatever uh thanks for watching um Pay attention to the economy, hashtag learn MFT, hashtag open them primaries, hashtag 
uh, rank uh, rank those paper ballots. Uh, thank you. Peace out for now. I'll talk to you Monday.